0: Good morning, Americans. It's Friday. Welcome into the Nuts. I'm Mike Palm. He's Amal Shah. Amal, you've been called many things. But one of them is a survivor savant. Yesterday, what you put on that display was truly incredible. In six minutes and three breaks, you were able to map out your whole survivor strategy for Circus Survivor this year. We were able to get through about the first eight weeks yesterday. Yeah. We had a lot of tweets, emails, texts. Can we get the rest of Amal's plays? Is it proprietary? Is he holding out? He doesn't want to talk. I said, no, I'm also going to reveal the rest of the schedule today.
1: Yeah, let's go through it. looks to be a lot of fun. And I'll tell you what, obviously, it's a fluid situation. A lot of it is predicated upon the fact that I'm using a large assumption that Deshaun Watson will be unavailable for Houston because I look at the fact that Deshaun, excuse me, Ezekiel Elliott got suspended for six games. I think Watson's case is going to be
0: far worse. Now, the attorney for Watson has been complaining that the Tony NFL is yeah, yeah. The dragging their feet. He's not happy with the investigation, which... Might not bode well for him not playing this year. Yeah, you know, I'm surprised. Busby usually has a lot of wealthy case and must not have a lot in the hopper right now. All right, let's recap. Let's go through quickly through the first uh, eight that you already gave out uh, last week. And we'll start in week one quickly, Amal.
1: Yeah, Panthers over the Jets. Uh, Week number two, Browns over the Texans. Week three, Broncos over the Jets. Week four, Bills over the Texans. Week five, Patriots over the Texans.
0: Now that's a road game. It
1: is a road game. now. I've got two road games, and I'm glad you brought that up. Week six, Colts over the Texans. Week seven, Cardinals over the Texans. Week eight, the Rams on the road in Houston over the Texans. Week number nine. Go okay, ahead, let's Mikey. go
0: now. This is where we left off yesterday. We got through the first eight weeks. Um, still ten picks to go, so we'll, we'll pick it up there. Do you continue your trend of fading the Texans? In yeah, week I do. Nine?
1: I almost gave it away before yeah. I had you give you a chance to speak there. I like the Miami Dolphins at home over the Houston Texans. Now, look. Again, this is all based on uh, Deshaun Watson not playing. And Jacob and I were talking to our producer before the show. And he said to me, he asked me, he goes, how did you do this so quickly? I said, I list all 32 teams. I had screenshotted every weekly schedule. So I sat down on the flight and started going through them. And I had basically a scenario in my head. Going against Jacksonville, going against Cincinnati, and going against the Jets. So the majority of times where those opportunities presented itself, I was going to do that. And it's a similar situation here, Mike. This is about going against bad teams. It's not about good teams. It's about playing against bad teams. That's what the key to this thing is.
0: Okay, now week 10 throws a little uh, monkey wrench in there for you. Why? The Texans are on a bye. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Week number 10, I had to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers at home against the Knee Biters and Detroit Lions. They're on the road in Heinz Field. I like Pittsburgh in this particular spot. I think they should be able to get it done against the Lions.
0: Week 11, you don't resume with the Texans. I probably probably a rematch with the division foe. Who we got in week 11?
1: Yeah, week 11, I decided to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I believe they're at home in that one against the New York Giants. I'm just double checking whether they're at home. It's a Monday night game. Remember the tight game we saw last year uh, at home where the Giants uh, lost on a two-point conversion? Yes.
0: Now we get to Thanksgiving. Three competitive games here, so it's tough. You had to save probably at least four of those six teams by the time you get there, unless you're deadlocked on one of them.
1: Yeah, so the Thanksgiving, you have three matchups. The Bears at the Lions, Raiders at the Cowboys, and Bills at the Saints. Let's just go ahead and eliminate the Bills at the Saints simply because I already took Buffalo, and I think New Orleans at home is always a challenge on a Thanksgiving night. won't be easy. Raiders at the Cowboys, I would lean towards Dallas there, uh, but I chose not to play that one. I think the Bears are going to be a pretty good team with Justin Fields by this point in time in the season, where Matt Nagy is going to be out. So for me, as of right now, assuming Detroit is what they've been, I think that the Chicago Bears go on the road with that defense and knock off the Detroit Lions. I think the running game for, this, uh, for the Bears this year with David Montgomery is going to be much more effective with a better quarterback.
0: Interestingly, in about uh, 20 minutes, we're going to go through the Thanksgiving Day lines, those mm-hmm. three games, and have you guess them. Uh, not picking the biggest of the three favorites here and taking the Bears over the Lions.
1: Oh, so that's a good clue. Okay, I know which one to make the lines. Then.
0: <laughs> All right, week 12.
1: Week 12, I went with the Jacksonville Jaguars at home or the Falcons. I believe the Falcons will be out of contention. I think with Trevor Lawrence, there's going to be a need to kind of ramp up the season. Now, it's a fluid situation. Remember, that's a tough one on that Sunday. That's kind of one of the reasons why I was forced into that pick. There's not a lot of great options on that Thanksgiving weekend.
0: Yeah, you have a fewer number of games. It's interesting. Do you think that right now at this point, if people put a line on every game, Jacksonville would be favored over Atlanta or close to a pick? I I know they're at home. I
1: I think there'd be a slight favorite. Look, I think with Urban, this team's going to have a focal point of running the football. I've said that many times. People forget. You know, they think spread. They do the same thing with Chip Kelly. You think spread, and you think they throw the ball. The reality of it is these guys are run first, and great teams in football, whether it's a Nick Saban coach team or whomever it may be at the NFL level, you have to have the ability to run the football if you're going to be successful.
0: This is The Nuts. I'm Mike Palm. He's Amal Shaw. We're going through Amal's survivor picks. We are... Through week 12 so far. Coming up in just about five minutes, we're going to have Kirk Morrison, former NFL linebacker, of course, drafted and played for the Oakland Raiders. uh, Started San Diego State previous to that. Calls games for the Rams. Previously, NFL on Fox worked with Dick Stockton. I think everyone's familiar with Kirk Morrison. All right, let's pick it up, Amal. Week 13.
1: Yeah, Chiefs over the Broncos here. I like this one. It's a division game. I'm generally not a fan of taking that, but I like Kansas City at home. Still important enough time in the season where the Chiefs are going to need to make
0: a play. That game will be a rematch in week 18 when Kansas City goes to Denver. Different scenario there. May may be important in our survivor. Okay, week 14. Uh, Chargers
1: over the Giants. This is the one where the Giants go out west to Los Angeles. I like Justin Herbert and company in that particular spot. The one thing, remember though, with the Chargers, they probably have 42 guys on IR by then.
0: (laughs) Strength and conditioning program. Yes, exactly.
1: Week 15. Yeah, 49ers at home against the Falcons. Now, there was another spot where I could potentially use the 49ers. Remember, I didn't write any of this down. When I had done it on the plane, I had a list of all 32 teams, and I generally would write down three games for each week Mm -hmm. that I would potentially take. This one, because of the purpose for the show, I just went through and chose what I deemed to be the best game, and I had to go from memory in terms of which team I had not utilized. So the 49ers here, one that I'm looking at. But they're one I might put on hold here and use later on in the
0: season. Okay, then we go to week sixteen.
1: Week sixteen, decided to go with the Falcons over the Lions. You notice a theme here. I think the Atlanta Falcons on the road are going to struggle, but when they're at home against a team like Detroit, a good opportunity. Remember, revenge spot from that debacle last year. Matthew Stafford in Los Angeles to be Jared Goff. I don't see him leading the way. The way uh, the 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 performance that we saw out of Stafford at the end of the game.
0: Okay, week seventeen. Yeah, Green
1: Bay Packers over the Vikings. I think this could be a spot where the Vikings still need the game for home field advantage. It becomes tough when you get into week 17 and 18 because the divisions could be out of reach. Conference uh, titles could be out of reach. So it changes how you approach one of these teams.
0: Okay. And then
1: week 18. Yeah, Vikings over the Bears are at home. I thought this would be a good opportunity if Minnesota's playing potentially for a wild card spot. Maybe a division title. The Bears as good as they could be. I have them over the Lions. But remember, there's an appreciable difference between the Lions and the rest of that division. I like Minnesota in that spot. You know, look, you have to go through and break them down a little bit more in depth. But the majorities, I'm looking out of these 18, Mike, I would probably say 14 of them are pretty solid. Now, if the Texans wind up with Deshaun Watson, they'll still take several of these plays. But it would change some scenarios when they're at home.
0: Interesting. You really uh, dug your heels in play against, right? I mean, but That's so why I've always done it the way whenever I've done these survivor So the contests. Texans, seven times against them, and we, we heard yeah. them all yesterday in, in the first part of the schedule. Three times against the Lions, twice against the Jets, twice against the Giants, twice against the Falcons, once against the Bears, once against the Vikings.
1: Yeah, and, you know, it really still ticks me off from last time around was that I didn't take my play. I had kind of mapped out. I was going to take uh, Tennessee at home, and I switched to the uh, Steelers on the road, and it was a division game. I was concerned because Stafford was going to play, and I said, Finley's not going to be as effective. Steelers with three first-half turnovers. So for me, a lot of it's based on going against certain teams, certain situations. Remember, it'll change. You might have a team that you think is good when the season starts. They go the other way. You may have a team that's bad that goes the other way when the season gets going.
0: The interesting thing, too, about Week 18, you know, you're, you're plotting out your strategy now, so obviously you're using certain teams. You won't have them available. But will the Vikings be in a position where they've clinched and don't need the game? Is it about home field? Is it about a seed? Are they still in it you think it may be they may be in a race with the Packers they may be in a wild card race they may have a chance at a home field.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to come down to uh, a situation where they're going to be needing to play. If Rodgers isn't moved from there, I think they're playing for a wild card even if not. I think the division then becomes up for grabs between Chicago and Minnesota. I think the Vikings could go 10 and 7. By the way, I hate the 17th game because 10 and 7 sounds so much better than 9 and 7 and it's only one game in the win column. It just sounds appreciably different.
0: If Aaron Rodgers ends up with the Broncos. Yeah. Does that impact you taking the Chiefs over the Broncos in week 13, the Packers over the Vikings in week 17?
1: You know, it, it does a little bit. There's no question about it. It's going More to change so the too like, Yeah, the, exactly.
0: Right. It's exactly right.
1: It does have an impact if we see Aaron Rodgers on the move elsewhere.
0: Okay. All right. At this time, we'd like to welcome in Kirk Morrison. You hear him doing the pregame, postgame, all things Rams uh, for ESPN. You've heard him on Fox, NFL on Fox, working with Dick Stockton. Of course, Kirk played for the Oakland Raiders Start at San Diego State as well as Oakland O'Dowd. Welcome into the program,
2: Kirk. Hey, how we doing today, fellas? What's going on?
0: We're doing great, and we're happy to have you on. I want to start with the Rams. My partner, Amal, has been so excited since this trade. He thinks Matthew Stafford coming to Los Angeles makes the difference, and they should be not only the favorites to win the NFC West, but the favorites to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. How do you see this trade playing out for the Rams?
2: Well, I definitely see favorites of the NFC West, possibly. Uh, as far as favorites for the NFC as the conference, I think that's a little hard because of what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers bring back from a Super Bowl winning team, having 22 starters return on offense and defense. But I think the Matthew Stafford trade does present the Rams with, they think, a better opportunity at the quarterback position. Where last year, Jared Goff basically took this team right up into the cusp of the playoffs. They had a quarterback in John Walford, who had never played an NFL snap, win the actual game that helped the Rams get to the playoffs and actually started the playoff game, and Jared Goff came and saved the day, and the Rams ended up losing a division round to the Green Bay Packers. They think that a guy like Matthew Stafford is going to be above and beyond what Jared Goff was as a quarterback with the Rams. Um, so they think, honestly, that he's that he's the guy that can run the offense that McVay has always wanted. I always say this, too, fellas. you got to remember, Jared Goff was not drafted by Sean McVay. And Sean McVay inherited Jared Goff. He was a Jeff Fisher draft choice. And so McVay always tried to mold Jared Goff into what he could be. But at some point, you just say, you know what? I got to do something different. And he finally had the opportunity and went with Matthew Stafford.
1: Kirk, you make a lot of valid points about Tampa. But I think they also benefited from the fact that during the regular season, they had a bit of a weaker schedule based on the previous year's ranking. Now you're going to wind up with a challenge, a little bit more of a challenging schedule. For me, when I look at this Rams team, I didn't think – And I still don't think their defense gets enough credit. 99, to me, is the best player, regardless of position in the NFL.
2: No, I agree. And, you know, there's been a conversation today. There's something rolling around social media just about Aaron Donald's uh, credentials, his resume so far, as how many more years of consistent play before he's the best defensive player of all time. And does he need to win a championship for him to solidify that honor? I mean, that's how good that Aaron Donald is. But we'll see what this defense looks like for the Rams. They don't have their defensive coordinator, Brandon Staley. He's now the head coach with the Los Angeles Chargers. So Raheem Morris takes over this defense, and we'll see what it will look like now. They've lost a couple of guys who were key starters for this team last year. Troy Hill at corner, John Johnson, who I thought was a sort of a – the heart and soul of the defense that no one talked about enough. He signs in free agency with the Cleveland Browns. So to me, this defense, I think, is going to be one that won't be as good as it has been in years past. But I think it's still going to be a formidable defense. It's just so tough when I do look at Tampa Bay and what they bring back, because not only do they bring back the 11 starters on defense, let's forget they, let's not forget they bring back Vita Vea, their 2018 first-round choice who was hurt for majority of last season. He comes back now into a starting role. Then they drafted Joe Tryon out of Washington with their first-round choice. So that's a potential 13 starters that they have coming back for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So that's why I'm looking at it right now. It's kind of a, if you ask me right now, kind of a two, three-horse race when we look at Green Bay, Tampa Bay, and then also the Los Angeles Rams for the NFC.
0: We're talking to Kirk Morrison, former NFL linebacker. You can find him on Twitter, at Kirk Morrison. Rams pregame, halftime, postgame shows he's called. NFL for Fox with Dick Stockton, ESPN College Football Analyst, started at San Diego State University. Curry, I want to talk about the team that's the second choice in the NFC West. That's the San Francisco 49ers. Were you surprised at all they traded up to three and took Trey Lance? And do you think this is Garoppolo's team for at least the next year, or do you think Trey Lance sees significant time this year?
2: I'm not surprised at all. The economics of the NFL tell me that. The economics of the NFL tell me why this deal was made. Okay, there's one. So I, for me, hopefully, it's not a long-winded answer. But when you look at the way that a lot of these teams are now being built over the last, I would say, eight, nine seasons, they're always they they've been built off. I think the economics of a rookie contract for a quarterback. Just look at the success, whether it's Josh Allen now in Buffalo, whether it's Baker Mayfield right now in Cleveland, whether it's Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. I think now. The 49ers realize they have a lot of good players, that they're going to have to pay a lot, and they need to have that rookie contract on a quarterback and not pay that king's ransom because they're not getting the kind of production that they want out of Jimmy Garoppolo. He's not going to, you know, lead them to a Super Bowl. He can take them there, but can he win the Super Bowl? So at some point, they realize, look, we got to get, you know, we got to get a little bit younger, cheaper at that quarterback position for a little bit as we get the contracts ready for Nick Bosa, as we get the contract ready for Deebo Samuel, the linebacker Fred Warner, there's a lot of contracts that they got to get ready to start to fork out. And so they want to get more dynamic at the quarterback position. And I saw Trey Lance when he was in college. He did a couple of games at North Dakota State, and I knew that he was the next coming. I didn't expect him to go top three, but I knew he was going to be a first-round quarterback when he decided to come out. So I'm not surprised at all by the move by the 49ers. They wanted to get not only more salary cap conscious at that quarterback position. But for Jimmy Garoppolo, this is a one-year deal for him to basically go out and show the NFL that he is a capable starter. He's just not the future in San Francisco.
1: I love your answer there, especially in terms of the rookie deals for these quarterbacks. We saw Mahomes, not get, I granted Mahomes is an aberration in terms of his talent, but I think you make right. an excellent point in terms of on years two through five. Mike, guys are going to try and really build a team. When you look at it from a perspective, and this is a hypothetical question, if you're a general manager, and I always pointed this to the Baltimore situation with Flacco, I would have said, thanks for the throw against the Broncos, but we're not paying you this money because it's detrimental to our team long-term. Do you think teams in the future will be able to walk away from a quarterback who's good, not great, like a Kirk Cousins or somebody who's serviceable, but then go draft a rookie and say, hey, listen, we can do it with the Fred Warners and the Nick Bosa's. We don't have to have one guy who eats up 25% of the cap.
2: Yeah, I think you're going to see more of it. I think how many, how many teams that were involved this year. I mean, that's five teams that were involved in the quarterback uh, situation this year. And then you think about just two years ago, prior, two drafts prior, where we had five guys taken in the first round. And look how they've panned out. The success of Cleveland, Baltimore, even Jacksonville. We'll even see what's going on with Carolina as they traded for Sam Darnold. If they're able to get some success on a steal, you know, last couple of years of the rookie contract for Sam Darnold. To me, that's 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 the NFL now. I mean, look at the the Chargers right now. They drafted Justin Herbert. They have a controllable contract for the quarterback, and now they're building the team out. And so that's why I think a lot of promise uh, for that ball club. I don't, I don't know how I forgot to mention that the, the Kansas City Chiefs were built on the rookie contract of Patrick Mahomes. Same thing with Deshaun Watson. These guys are still technically on their rookie deal before those extensions kick in. So that's how these teams are being built out. And I think now general managers are seeing that they realize that there's an expiration date on quarterbacks, unless their names are Rodgers, you know, Brady, Brees, who's now retired. I think you even throw in now Ben Roethlisberger. So teams have to have a succession plan, but within that succession plan, they, the rookie contract is now the new element that a new general manager, head coach, definitely used as definitely an ally, not a, uh, not something that can go against them.
0: Kirk, I want to turn your attention to your former team, the, uh, Las Vegas Raiders, did you agree with taking Alex Leatherwood at the 17 position in the first round?
2: I think you, you have to agree that you hope that, that if that's the hole in your your team that right now that you need it, then that has to be the bec- best pick for you. I think that a lot of people are going to say, well, he was rated you know lower in different aspects of it. If you fall in love with a draft pick, go ahead, let it be. And the Raiders went out and got it. So I can't say if it's a good pick or not. We'll know in three to four years if he gets his first round, I mean, if he gets his fifth-year option uh, taken care of. Because if we look at the Colton Miller pick that the Raiders had just a couple years ago, they've already extended him. So they feel like they hit a home run with that particular contract. So that's that's good for them. They think that they got a piece on that offensive line that's going to be there for many years to come. And for me, I I think that that's okay. But his play will determine – is that the right pick for them? The only holdup that I have is that they have a defense that have given up the most points in the NFL the last three years combined. So I think that's more for me where I thought they would lean towards, but if they feel offensive line and protecting your quarterback is more important, Hey man, I give them a thumbs up.
1: I agree with you. We all thought they were going to go defense. They didn't go there. It's been about 15 minutes since you've been asked this question, but do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to be in green Bay or he winds up potentially in Denver or elsewhere?
2: I mean, he'll be in Green Bay. I think everybody knows it. this thing will get worked out. Um, they'll have a conference. They'll put it all together. Um, and and it, it'll happen. He'll be in Green Bay. There's just too much for him to leave away. I think this is a one year deal. Again, the economics of the National Football League is why this is happening. Aaron Rodgers wanted guaranteed money. Aaron Rodgers, I mean, not guaranteed money. Aaron Rodgers wanted more of a guarantee that he wouldn't just be shown the door because at some point they have to evaluate Jordan Love as a quarterback. Again, Resetting their salary cap on the rookie contract of a quarterback. It's a the theme around the NFL. Aaron Rodgers realizes that that the Green Bay is trying to reset their salary cap, re, re, retool their team, go out and get more free agents on the back of a rookie contract from Jordan Love. Just so happens that Aaron Rodgers goes out to wins the MVP and says, well, either you're going to cut me, release me, or trade me, but you got to do something. I'm not going to sit here in a lame duck year knowing that whatever happens, you have the, uh, the power to release me or cut me. Let me take my my career into my own hands, and that just seems what what's going on right now. So I wouldn't be surprised if they figure it out just for one more year. And at the year, at the end of the year, Aaron Rodgers is the most sought after free agent, very similar to what Tom Brady was a season ago.
0: Kirk, we got about ninety seconds. You mentioned the L.A. Chargers, the other team in L.A. The team was seven and nine last year, blew five double digit leads. New head coach. I thought they had a great draft. They addressed their offensive line, defensive backfield. How close is this team to competing with Kansas City for a division title?
2: They're close, but I mean, still, Kansas City is still far and away because they got the X factor in Patrick Mahomes. They got better defensively as well with their draft. And also, too, look, they, they they're, the Kansas City Chiefs, their hole was their offensive line. And you I will be uh, be one to say right now, they may have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL, the way they attack it with the trade of Orlando Brown, getting Kyle Long out of retirement. They go and get a center uh, as well. So to me, um, I'm looking around, I'm saying, wow, uh, Kansas City's actually probably a little bit better than they were in the Super Bowl. Think about it. If you look at the Chiefs right now, how they ended the season in the Super Bowl and what they've addressed this offseason, I think that they're better. And they are. Our. So that, that just tells me that the Chargers got some catching up to do. But what they did in the draft definitely helped out getting Rashawn Slater a left tackle to block for uh, Justin Herbert for years to come.
0: Kirkby, thank you for the time. Excellent stuff.
2: Right, thank you, guys. Appreciate it.
0: Have a great one. Thank you. I, lo- I love his point on the Chiefs. I love his point on the rookie quarterback contract. I,
1: it, it it's so true. He's absolutely right. You need these guys in a rookie deal.
0: All right. When we come back, Amal and I are going to look at the eight NHL first-round playoff matchups. Do you know what Preakness week" means? Yeah, we're getting closer to college football. Here's what it means: There are two episodes of the Ron Flatter Racing Pod this week. The first is a pop-up with Las Vegas bookmakers and horse players Chrissy Andrews, Johnny Avello, and Big Dwayne Colucci. They analyze all ten horses in this weekend's race. The regular episode from Baltimore features Hall of Fame trainer Dwayne Lucas, Medina Spirits Exercise Rider Umberto Gomez, and Maryland Jockey Club TV host Naomi Tucker. Both episodes are available now at vsin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. It is sponsored by First Bet. All right, Amal, tomorrow starts the NHL playoffs. Exciting time. I, I think the NHL playoffs are the best are the best playoffs because of the unpredictability of it. It doesn't it doesn't mean it's all one and two seeds that you're gonna see in the finals.
1: It's great unless you have to cover it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I covered a Duck Stars game, Oof. went to five overtimes.
0: Oof. Get your deadline in. Get your, get your head. <laughs> no, it did not. All <laughs> right, let's. I want to. I want to preview. So let's start in the east. Okay, the three seed Bruins, who don't have home ice here, are a dollar fifty five favorite against the Capitals. Take back one thirty five. Any interest in this series?
1: Uh, I think the Caps at a uh, plus price here. I love the way Boston's defending right now, but it's just simply a play on the price. I would look at Washington here.
0: Now, VCN Hockey Analyst Expert Andy McNeil says you could lay up to one seventy eight on the Bruins. Let me ask you this question: What happens if the price is one seventy nine? No. That's where you pass. Okay, That's I'm where the value goes I'm just curious how you away. get to that exact That's, number. Well, I'm 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 just quoting what everyone quotes with him. Um, Islanders, the four seed, take on the one seed Penguins. Penguins are a dollar fifty, get back a dollar thirty.
1: I like the Islanders here, plus one thirty, and this is not just a price situation. I think Barry Trotz's team, the playoffs are ideal into how they play. Defense is the name of their game. You look at the goaltending. I, I think this team's got a great chance. I'm a little bit concerned about Pittsburgh. They've dealt with some injuries throughout the course of the season. They're getting healthier. I still just am not a believer in this Penguins team as much as in years past.
0: I think the Islanders have a shot to come out of the East. I do too. I'm more interested here in the Islanders as a play to win the East than in the individual series with the Penguins. Okay, let's turn our attention to the Central. What's the best division all year. Uh, the two-three matchup. The Lightning, who are the three seed in the road team in this series, are a dollar sixty favorite over Joel Quinnville's Florida Panthers. Get back a dollar forty.
1: Yeah, I, to me, I know you like this Panthers yeah. team, but how are the Lightning the favorite in this one? Bobrovsky has played well. Andre Vasilevsky, you look at his struggles this year. They've come against the Panthers. They've had tremendous success in terms of scoring the puck against him.
0: I understand why the Bruins are favored. The Capitals are have some injury issues. Florida does not have those same injury issues. I'm on the Florida here. This is one of my plays, and one of my 13 plays I'm going to give out here in about uh, 20 minutes. I like the Panthers. If you look at this series, they've had the Lightning's number. The only games they've lost are in overtime the lightning have not led in regulation and and in, in this series this year. Yeah, but also think about this.
1: Stamkos out, Kucherov out, mm-hmm. Hedman day to day. You can't lose this caliber of players. I'm a big Victor Hedman guy defensively. What he's able to do with his reach, his length, it's a difference maker. I just think when you look at Tampa, I'm a big John Cooper, the only John Cooper I like. This guy has done a tremendous job as the head coach of the Lightning. I just don't know with the way the Panthers are going right now and the momentum they had in those final couple of games against Tampa that they're going to be able to overcome them.
0: I thought John Cooper was good at Arizona State. Um, <laughs> the other matchup here, the division champ, Carolina Hurricanes, take on the Nashville Predators, 270 here, get back 230.
1: Too high of a price base in hockey, but to me with Morazic and Djelkovic, I think you look at Carolina, they're playing outstanding. Rob Brendamore, to me, has done a phenomenal job with this team. This could be the team you see wind up in the Stanley Cup finals.
0: I think this is a sweep. Uh, you I, think
1: it's a sweep? I think wow. it's a sweep.
0: I, I'll be surprised. I think if, it's
1: going to be tough in Smashville.
0: Okay. Let's switch our division to, to, to the north. The 2-3 matchup. The Jets are uh, a, a dog plus 180. Oilers laying 210 here.
1: Yeah, no surprise yeah. here. I don't think uh, when I look at Winnipeg, they're quite the same team. I think this is Edmonton's series to lose. I
0: found 180 on the Oilers. I bet it. Yeah. Uh, they won six out of seven against Winnipeg. They should sure. be able to dominate Absolutely. this Absolutely. And Winnipeg limped home. Maple Leafs are 3 dollar favorite against the Canadiens take back 250. Justifiably so.
1: I think Toronto's a far better team. Uh, I'm not a big fan of some of these prices because in hockey you can get a goaltender stands on his head, but the reality is Toronto's a better team completely. We're, to
0: your point here, the Avalanche are 450 favorites against the Blues. The Blues are 2 years ago the Stanley Cup champs and they still have Bennington. It's too much, Mamal. That's too big of a price.
1: It is too big of a price, but I'm just still convinced that you believe in the St. Louis Blues team because you were fortunate to cash a 30 to 40 to 1 ticket on them. I don't believe the Blues are quite as good as they've been in years past. Well,
0: they're not, but they're not. They shouldn't be plus 365. I would
1: agree with you, but if if Colorado's firing on all cylinders, they're probably the best team in the National Hockey League.
0: And then our uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights, 250 favorite against the Wild. The Wild have given them fits all four years of this franchise.
1: Yeah, that might be your Las Vegas Golden Knights. I'm impartial. That's what we're supposed to be here. And for me, I still (laughs) like the Knights on this one, uh, just because the way this team has played all year long. They've been terrific. I thought the coaching change was an impressive move. They bring in Pete DeBoer and look at the success they've had this year in the entirety of a season. I think this team is dominant. Mark andre Fleury between the pipes. Three Stanley Cup rings to his credit. The experience, the postseason credentials. I think this team's got a real chance to hoist the Cup.
0: The only chance they have is if he sticks with Fleury. If he's going to rotate Leonard in and out, I don't think they can beat Colorado. When we come back, another edition of Guessing Lines. This time, Amal will guess the three Thanksgiving Day games on the Nuts. I don't know if I've mentioned this, all, but the Preakness is Saturday, and the Vison horse racing experts and are analyzing the horses, the jockeys, the track conditions, the starting positions, prior race results to find the betting edge for you. Whether you play the horses every week or search the terms exact and trifecta just once a year, our team is here to get you ready to make your best bet on the Preakness. Visit v slash horses to find our full race coverage. Special offers from our partners and picks from horse racing specialists, including your favorite, Dave Tooley, Ron Flatter, Jeff Siegel, Millie Ball, and Jeremy Plonk. That's vsun.com slash horses. Well, the good thing about the Preakness is you can bet it paramutually in Nevada. I mean, the, the, the derby with uh, without being able to book the full derby, without being able to book the exotics, the pick three, pick fours, it's just not the same experience. People are going to stop coming here on derby weekend if we can't get this figured out.
1: Yeah, 106 days until college football week
0: Sarah. All right, let's turn our attention and our Guessing Line segment to those three NFL games on Thanksgiving. Of course, so important because it's part of the Circus Survivor. It stands alone as its own week. You mentioned that you were going to take the Bears at the Lions. Now, here's the three games. Let's just give everybody the overview. Bears at Lions, Raiders at Cowboys, and then Bills at Saints in the evening game. How much are the Bears favored by in Detroit? Uh, Three. Four and a half. Wow.
1: was not expecting to be that
0: Pretty strong. The Lions, I mean, when you look at these lines, the Lions are not thought of very well. And I'm not sure if it's Dan Campbell, his kind of press conference to open, Uh, Jared Goff, the lack of uh, wide receiver talent. Look, let's be real here for a second. The
1: Dan Campbell press conference is irrelevant. It's just for us, it's fodder. That's all it is. It's fun. fun, It is fun. But but when you look at this team, they were decimated by injuries. I'm not looking at your sheet, Mike. Look right at it. the, uh, Uh. The other thing is, Jared Goff is a downgrade compared to Matthew Stafford at the quarterback position. So I think when overall Detroit, how are they going to get better? I I just don't see it. They've got a lot of question marks. Now, the one area I think they could be very effective is the offensive line. Penny Sewell on one side, Taylor Decker on the other side. This team could be pretty good.
0: All right, let's turn Uh,
1: From an offensive line, let me clarify before I I hear it. I didn't think
0: they were as bad as their record last year either. We talked about that. Yeah, but also they got off to a slow start. Swift dropped that ball against the Bears. I think it changes the entire momentum. In a game, they led the whole game too and dominated.
1: (laughs) Well, I think people have to realize momentum is important in the early part of a season. There are teams that you don't expect if they get off to a fast start they become much more engaged and have a better season.
0: I thought the play calling last year when they had the lead in fourth quarters was awful too. When, yeah. when they have the ball up a score and then they just have Stafford run, run, and then he'd have to convert a third down. I, I don't, I don't love that. I mean, they oh. didn't give him a chance to be successful. All right. The team you covered for many years, Dallas Cowboys are hosting the team that resides here in Las Vegas, the Raiders. I'm surprised you didn't use the Cowboys here. Well,
1: I think the Raiders. Because offense... you're not, You
0: didn't use them the rest of the year either.
1: <laughs> Excuse me, I'm not a big believer in them in the schedule. I think Dallas is great offensively, but there's, there are, these two teams that are matching up are just god-awful putrid on defense. N- nobody can stop anybody. It's going to be who's got the ball last. They can outscore the other side. You look at this uh, matchup, both teams should be able to flourish offensively. And you're lying? Uh, Dallas Cowboys minus four. Seven. That's
0: preposterous.
1: As bad as the Raiders are. So, wait a minute. Now, ja, uh, the Ravens at La- Las Vegas are 7 and the Cowboys at home are 7. Mm-hmm. Wow. They, you know what? So, here's what's an interesting point. When I was criticizing the Raiders, humans and Brent were saying I'm wrong. The odds makers are in complete agreement with me. Line of 7 on Thanksgiving. I was. That's why when you said that it was a higher You weren't higher the line, biggest favorite. Mm-hmm. I was surprised.
0: Yeah. This game might surprise you as well. Really, there's interesting Thanksgiving Day matchups. (laughs) Buffalo Bills, the uh, the heavy favorite to win the AFC East, travel to New Orleans, take on uh, the Saints, of course, without Drew Brees. This is an interesting line, too. I would probably have been off on guessing this one. uh, Buffalo minus three. Yeah, three and a half. I would have thought it would have been a little bit less. Too many question marks for Sean Payton at the quarterback
1: position. If you can find a solid quarterback or someone you believe is going to be the guy, then I think it changes the dynamic. The other thing is, when you look from a power rating standpoint, I'm guessing a lot of odds makers have Buffalo somewhere in the three or four spot. Kansas, uh, Tampa, Kansas City, and then maybe Green Bay, and then I think the Buffalo Bills.
0: Do you think that just the um, turmoil surrounding Rodgers affects how you power rank that team going into the season? Not. Let's assume he's there, but the turmoil, the offseason, the trade talk he wants out, that, do you think that affects the team moving forward, his comfort level there and how he's going to perform this year?
1: No, I think he's a pro. I think once Mm -hmm. his game goes, he'll be fine. I think the turmoil around that team is Matt LaFleur. Can he win back that offensive out of the ball? Aaron Rodgers, a leader. When you look at the players in terms of how they respond to him, the relationships he's got with those guys. Look, we saw Devontae Adams come out and make a statement basically like, if Rodgers is not here, I'm not going to be here.
0: Yeah. I had an interesting question when I was on with Mitch and Paul yesterday morning, and I said if Rodgers goes to Denver, Um, who do you like to win that division? And they said, obviously, it's the Vikings. And I said, not so fast, because I think think the Bears.
1: Absolutely (laughs) right. I think when you look at Minnesota, they've been decimated defensively. Uh, I think Justin Fields, I don't know how well he's going to play, but I think it's just a shot in the arm for that team defensively. Think about this. When you had uh, MVP Mitch in there, got to give Michael Lombardi uh, full credit for that quote. When he'd come in, it's three and out. Every time, you can't do that four or five sequence of series in a row where you go three and out, 15 plays, and the defense is out there. You get worn out. It becomes difficult. And that was the problem with the Bears offensively. I think with now, a chance to stretch the field. Justin Fields will have no qualms about throwing the ball
0: down the field. I, I think they've wasted this top five defense now because of that, yeah, that's draft, my concern. Pick. that I, draft pick. you know, And now it's, Fields is going to get him on the, on the end of that window that they had.
1: That's the one concern I have, but Khalil Mack, to me, is still a top five, top ten defender. I know a lot of people may not like Eddie Jackson. I like him a lot in the secondary. Losing Fuller impacts the Bears in terms of that secondary as well. I still think defensively, they don't have to be elite to win this division. They've got to be good, assuming Rodgers is not there. With Rodgers there, it's the it's the Packers division to win. Um, but let's assume he's not there for a second. I think the Bears have a great chance. And uh, the odds right now, when you look at it, plus 450. So, the odds makers believe that Aaron Rodgers may not be there. It seems like they're hedging their bets. It, see, it's a tough situation. Do you take the Bears at plus 450 right now and take the Packers at minus 177 because you believe the Packers are going to win on a cheap price, or do you take the Bears because you don't think Rodgers is going to be there?
0: It's very interesting. You're, or you could take them both. You can take them Because both. of yeah. the straddle so, there. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You're, going to make, you're going to make
1: a profit. Right.
0: And the only and the only scenario is he's not there <laughs> and the Vikings win the division, but then you can bet that down the stretch as, as the season comes out.
1: Absolutely right. I still believe... Even though the Vikings are great to, uh, offensively with Dillon and Jefferson, and of course Dalvin Cook, he's got to stay healthy. Just don't believe in
0: Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I, I don't either, and I never have. I didn't believe him at well, Michigan State.
1: I didn't either, and I can't believe Rick Spielman does, that he attached his wagon to this guy.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that's another a fatal decision for a franchise for years to come. I know they, they weren't great at the position. They got to an NFC title game without being good at the position. No, but
1: the problem is with Mike Zimmer, who's a terrific defensive coordinator, they had a chance to be better than they were if they just had somebody better at the quarterback position. For some reason they looked at Kirk Cousins, they just went or just glossed over his entire tape in Michigan State and thought this guy could play. He's not he is to me, he's slightly better than a backup quarterback. He's not a guy that's gonna win you a ton of games. He's good in certain situations, but he's not gonna
0: win you big games. If they had Tannehill with Arthur Smith as an offensive coordinator in Minnesota, they may have gone to a Super Bowl.
1: I will not agree to that just simply because I don't want to be wrong in the other argument. But you are right. <laughs> you're you're right. Yeah, you're I, you're absolutely right because of his mobility. Yes. It gives him a different <laughs> dynamic. I'm not a big Tannehill guy, but with the playmakers around him and with Dalvin Cook in the backfield, you're absolutely right.
0: Up next, it's the weekend ahead. We'll see who has more plays. I have 13. The line is minus 12 and a half. Do I get the entire month of June? <laughs>
1: Exclusive bets, daily specials, odds boost, and the largest offer of live in play options. Bet River Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting. And to make your experience even more rewarding, BetRivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts and only one-time playthrough. BetRivers, your hometown sportsbook, offer valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan and Pennsylvania. Available at playsugarhouse.com in New Jersey, must be 21. Gambling problem? Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania call 1-800-GAMBLER, Indiana 1-800-9-WITH, it Colorado 1-800-522-4700, Michigan 1-800-270-7117, Virginia one 888 532 1-888-532-3500. In Iowa, call 1 800 bets off.
0: Welcome back into the Nuts. I'm Mike Palm. He's a Shah, Our final segment of the week will give us our plays right now. You took the day off yesterday. It was a mall out, but here today on Friday, it's a mall in.
1: Yeah, just went with the one play here. Two team parlay. Lucas Giolito going in this one for the uh, Chicago White Sox, taking on the Kansas City Royals. Mike Palm's Kansas City Royals, who continue to struggle. Is it 12 in a row? Uh, I believe that is the correct number uh, 11, 11. 11 in a row. They went from 16-9 and to 16-20. and White Sox playing well. Winners of six in a row. It'll be Giolito against big, bad Brad Keller.
0: And he's been bad. (laughs) He
1: has been very bad. And then on the other side, I've got uh, Tyler Glass now going up against David Peterson. Now, Glass now has been effective, but for me, this is more of a play against the Mets offense and their ineptitude. I like the Rays in this particular spot. Even though the Mets have won seven in a row, I'm just not a fan of them having success against the Orioles. I think this is a team now going on the road they're going to face a challenge. When you look at this Mets team, Mike, during that seven-game winning streak, yeah, they had a seven-spot against the Cardinals and bookended it with a seven-spot against the Orioles. The other five games, they couldn't score more than five runs.
0: Yeah, I like Glass now against a weak-hitting team tonight, too. Uh, That pays 147 your parlay if it hits. Okay, I've got 13 plays, but a lot of it has to do with NHL futures uh, on these first-round series. Let's start with that. That's a three-unit play this weekend. I love the Oilers over Winnipeg. You see this line's going up to 210 now in some places. I laid 180 with the Oilers. Go ahead. How high how, how should somebody go because if they didn't get the same number as you? Yeah, I wouldn't go above 190. But, I mean, I just be, be, because of my principle on it, uh, that I got the 180. And you know I don't lay more than $2 generally unless I can put it in a parlay. Sure. Uh, they, they've just dominated this team. Winnipeg has not been able to score against them. <clears throat> they won 6-7 this year, I believe, for the last five. And I think Smith's playing very well. I think the Oilers come out of the north. I think they give Toronto a game. Everybody's acting like Toronto's already won this, like they have the newspaper from two weeks ago, and I don't think it's over. Two soccer games, two units plays. Chelsea, Leicester, in the FA Cup final. Under two and a half here. The game means something. Chelsea's going to play their style of play. They've been so good defensively. Under two and a half. I did lay the 40 cents. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to ask you, wouldn't they need the uh, newspaper from two weeks in the future, not in two weeks in the past? I mean, two weeks in the future. You're correct. <laughs> just
0: curious. I'm going to introduce the world to Greek soccer today. I've been really keeping this. Keeping this under my lid like I did a little bit the women last year. But these games are unbelievable. It's really tough to get to three goals in Greece. The totals are now starting to come down to two flat. Athens and Aries has a, on Saturday has a two and a half. I laid 30 cents here. It's, uh, I, I round robbed the three games at two and a half and really didn't have to sweat at all the other day.
1: There was a zero zero, one zero, and a 1-1. One, one. There was a 1-1 one, one with
0: two goals late in that yeah, game, Yeah, and too. That was
1: the second goal was scored in the 71st or 72nd yes. minute. So mm-hmm. out of that three-team parlay that Mike had,
0: he had a sweat for 18 sweat. minutes. Yeah, yeah, 20 minutes of a sweat. <laughs> All right, then we have a plethora uh, of one-unit plays, and I'm with I'm with uh, Amal against Keller and with Giolito. The two streaks, the White Sox on the great streak, 11 in a row against uh, for the Royals, including getting swept at Detroit. Uh, I'm going to take the run line here with Giolito. Remember, seven-inning games, so I'll get six at-bats. I'm going to take the run line, plus 105. I think Keller's been bad. That's why I'm willing to play the yeah, run line sure. here. Uh, the Brewers tonight, I'm going to take Hauser here. Not that big of a favorite at home, 125. That's a first-five play. couple of first-five unders. Savali, Flexen. Flexen was supposed to go last night. They gave him an extra day. And, uh, <clears throat> and Plesak took a no-hitter into the 8th last night. Cleveland won, I believe, 4-2 to two at Seattle. I'll go under four first 5 here. flexen has been the, one of the top 5 ROI pitchers in baseball. We all know how good Savali is. The ace of the Marlins, Alcantara against a Dodgers team that can't hit, and you get Kershaw under 3.5 at Chavez Ravine tonight. Burnley leads. Leeds was an over-team the first half of EPL. They've been more of an under-team. Uh, so that's why this is a three and I'll lay 30 cents at two and a half. I wouldn't have played it. Southampton, Fulham, Fulham, my second favorite under team behind Chelsea, two and a half lay 15 cents. I'm going to parlay Everton, uh, and Lille. They lay 255. These are both on three ways now, not two ways. So they have to win the match, um, outright. No ties here. Ties a loser. Everton, 255. Lille, 285. Lille needs staying one point ahead of PSG. A good chance to win French league one. Florida Panthers over Tampa Bay they have the home ice they've dominated Tampa Bay in the season series plus 135 and then I bet two ways on the Hurricanes if they sweep I get 7 to 1 on it and lose the other bet if they if the Predators should get one game I get 850 back and lose the other bet
1: you know what this was like? You know when you're on a plane and they're giving these safety instructions in case of an emergency? The aisles, the, aisles, yeah. the lights in the aisles. You know how, how to fasten the seatbelt.
0: Well, pull put, the flap in case and, of a water well, landing. Learning how
1: to you know, fasten the seatbelt mm-hmm. and then in case of emergency, put the oxygen mask on yourself first. first. That's and how then much then I was child. paying
0: attention to this, exactly. And then your child. If I day. gave you a pop quiz, the Palm readers will have fun with this all weekend.
1: I would tell you, though, I like several of your plays. And you know the other ones that I really like in particular, the Hurricanes in 4 and 5, because... I think you're correct in this sense. I do believe the Preds get one in Smashville, but I think it's probably a five-game series, the way uh, this Carolina team's been playing. The other thing to pay attention to in this series, if the game is tied in the first period, potentially take a look at if you have an opportunity for an in-live bet on the second period live wagering Carolina. They have been terrific in the second period of games this year.
0: Unreal in the i I've had several people text me about, what does Brenda Moore do at that first intermission?
1: It's unbelievable.
0: <laughs> it's absolutely unbelievable the way this team comes out and plays.
1: And you mentioned the Greek League in terms of soccer uh, with Athens there. I mean, these are no sweats. Mike used to bet the NWSL last year and soccer well, lines were being put out. And they wouldn't score for weeks, not games. And for they started weeks. at
0: three and a halves, remember, because <laughs> the women's games were supposed to be higher. And then they eventually came down to three, then two and a half. And then when we got, when we got to the playoffs, they were twos. Remember the four quarterfinal matches, they had a total of one goal in them. Three of them were 0-0 and went to penalty kicks.
1: Well, so many times when people forget in soccer, and I think it's not for mm. when you get into these elimination situations, inferior teams, as you like to say, park the bus, yeah. get to a PK situation and try and win there.
0: Uh, our friend E had to bet the Dortmund game under yesterday. It, it lost, but it was the principle was it was that the, the German final, right? So yeah. it's supposed to be played under and. there. And Dortmund only had five shots on goal and had four goals, so I mean that's a tough loss.
1: Yeah, it really is. when you look at the
0: Bundesliga, it's tough sometimes with some of these teams. It was an aberration when they came back; they had the unders with no crowds and all that. Okay, um, all the NBA playoffs are right around the future here, right around the corner. I want to take a look at the make miss props on these teams. Now, this means that you're amongst the final eight. So if you're this, if you're the seven seed, you'd have or seven or eight, you have to lose two games to get out. Correct. If you're the nine or ten, you have to win two games to get in. Right. So let's take a look at the East first. The Celtics are a very heavy favorite to make it at minus 715 to miss the playoffs. If you think they're going to lose two games there, you can get plus 450. The Wizards, Pacers, and Hornets are all small uh, dogs to make it. And uh, not that bad. 161, 9135 uh, favorites to miss. Interesting here how it lines up. Celtics presume to act, not lose two games here. And then it's really a toss-up between the other three.
1: I actually think the Celtics could. Because I think uh, Charlotte's got a possibility of beating them. Now, look, both teams dealing with some injuries. Jalen Brown out for the uh, Boston Celtics. We know the uh, the Hornets as well. They've been dealing with injuries. So that's the one area I have a little bit of concern from their perspective. Critical game coming up against the Knicks for this team. But, you know, uh, when you look at a bridge, Miles Bridges is, is a guy that's kind of forgotten because he's a middle of the range, like 13, 14 points per game score. But I still think they have a chance. Boston, to me, right now is just going in the wrong direction. Mike, here's the other thing that becomes very important, and I know people don't want to hear this, but a team that's a 7 or an 8 seed, how motivated are players if they think they're looking at that mountaintop and they say, well, you we got to get through Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, any of those teams just to be able to get to the finals, then get through with Lakers and the other four teams in the West, Clippers, Nuggets, Suns, Jazz. I'm just not a believer in the Celtics team. I think the way the Wizards have played down the stretch, I think they've got a great chance of potentially getting into the postseason.
0: As it lines up now, it would be Charlotte at Boston yes. in, in this eight seven, so you wouldn't get the home game with Charlotte. Boston pretty well locked into the uh, to the to the seven, and then it would be the Wizards at the Pacers in the ten nine. So Boston would have to lose two home games to get eliminated.
1: They would, but they're sitting at thirty five and thirty five. Mike twenty one yeah. and fifteen at home this year. It's not like they've been overwhelming.
0: Well, they just lost back to back to Miami. The Heat beat yeah. them twice. Well,
1: and, the Heat's and, a better team, yeah. but I mean, Heat right now sitting in the five spot, tied with the Knicks, who are also at the same uh, juncture at thirty nine and thirty one.
0: All right, let's turn to the West, where the you only have to lay thirty four dollars to win a dollar uh, that the Lakers will be in. Now, the Lakers could still overcome Portland, and yeah, then they, they wouldn't have, even the have to. Be, yeah, they yeah, wouldn't exactly. have to be in the elimination. So that's baked into that number why they're such a heavy favorite. Sure. But let's assume Portland gets the six, and it lines up the way it does now. I mean. San Antonio can't be better than the 10. Golden State and Memphis, both eligible for the 8 and the 9. And then the Lakers or Portland are probably going to be the 6-7. Let's say it lines up this way. Golden State plays at the Lakers and San Antonio plays at Memphis. Here's your odds. Spurs are plus 420 to get in. Lay 670, they won't. Grizzlies, plus 190 to get in. Lay 250, they won't. So the assumption is the Lakers will beat the Warriors and then the Grizzlies will beat the Spurs and it'll be the Grizzlies-Warriors and really the play-in for the last spot, the way these numbers are.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now, look, the Lakers hold the head-to-head tiebreaker against Portland. Portland still has to play Denver. But one thing I think that hurts the Lakers in the final game of the regular season is that New Orleans is eliminated. And I think sometimes, Mike, when a team is eliminated, it's the final game of the regular season, you get a good effort, especially against a team like the Lakers. I think we could see a decent effort from the uh, Pelicans in that one. I don't think they necessarily win the game, but I think it's one you have to pay attention to when you look at it from that perspective.
0: Are there any of these odds that jump out to you that you think that's worth a bet here? On make or miss of these teams that are presumed to be in the play-ins, you know, I think you think late. You, you would you take plus four fifty? Celtics lose two games.
1: That's not a bad play, I think. With plus four fifty, I think it's one you take a look at. Yeah, that's a high
0: price. Yeah, it's tough. The West is tough here. I don't, I just think the Lakers and the Warriors are the are the two best teams. In what that what group. about
1: going against the Lakers? I mean, LeBron James does have an ankle injury for the rest of his life.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> interesting. You only get eleven to one late thirty-four. <laughs> That's big. Straddle. By the way, out. why do you? Why do you? Can
1: you listen. Can you please explain to me why they never give fair odds anywhere? But mm. No comment. Well, I think you're full of comments everywhere else.
0: I think Circa I think gives fair odds.
1: I do too, but I'm saying for the most part, if you're at yeah. minus 3,400, you think yeah. the other side should, should be 11 to
0: one? Well, it's unbettable. I mean, if, if you're paying attention, to it.
1: Well, then don't put it up.
0: Well, it is. But some people will bet it. I mean, there's a reason South Point has such a great counter business too. I'm gonna ask you this question. From a betting perspective, what are you more looking forward to? The NHL or the NBA playoffs? From Come on, a betting don't, perspective? Don't ask questions. You already know the answers to. I'm I will a tell bit,
1: you this. I'm looking forward to when a team is down two in a series and they go back home for game three. That's when the gold rush is there.
0: Have a great weekend, everybody. Good luck on your preakness bets. Betting across America is next on Visa and the Sports Betting Network.